It's officially the Christmas shopping season, right? Uh, some people have been shopping. You know those people that are really organized. Maybe they've been shopping all year. And if you're that person, uh, good for you. You know, I think that's a great idea. But uh, officially, starting with Black Friday, it's uh, officially the Christmas season. So, uh, how's how's your Christmas shopping going? Now, some of you, some of the men might say, "Well, it's not." You know, Christmas Eve yet, so I haven't started. You know, go to Walgreens on Christmas Eve and, and pick out some very thoughtful gifts. Um, but uh, this, is, you know, this is serious, you know, this is serious. Uh, people were talking about, you know, we have Black Friday because it's, it's a, the year that so much shopping is done that uh, that's, a, that's a day, rather, that so much shopping is done that on that day, the retailers officially go into the black for the rest of the year. And uh, now they started opening their stores on, on Thursdays. And so it's not just Black Friday. And, and some people were trying to come up with a, a name. You know, what do you call, you know, Black Friday is Friday. But what do you call it when we start on Thursday? Should we just call it Black Thursday? And I was like, no, duh, it's Thanksgiving. You know, just enjoy Thanksgiving. Then you can start your shopping. But uh, unfortunately, it's, it's crept into uh, Thanksgiving as well. And, uh, you know, for as long as I can remember, I've heard people complain that Christmas is too commercial. Have you ever heard that? Christmas is too commercial. People say that all the time and people remind us that Jesus is the reason for the season. But we've somehow forgotten that Christmas is too commercial. And even in the, the, one of the best uh, Christmas shows ever, in my opinion, uh, Charlie Brown Christmas you know, he says that it's just so commercial. Even Snoopy gets into the act of, uh, you know, commercializing Christmas. Uh, even in the movie A Miracle on 34th Street, a movie that was filmed more than 70 years ago, 72 years ago, in 1947. Way back then, in 1947, one of the characters complains that most people are just too caught up in the material aspect of Christmas. So apparently it's been this way for a long time. Maybe it's just always been this way. As long as Christmas has been celebrated. And uh, as long as Christmas has been celebrated, I'm sure there have been people who have been warning us of this, about the dangers of, of Christmas just being too commercial. And so how do we get past this? And now you and I know it's true. We know it's true. How do we get past this commercialism? How do we make this Christmas different? And we always talk about that every year. This year is going to be different. You know, but I think if you want to get the most out of Christmas this year, 2019, then forget, even if it's just for a while, forget what you need to buy, what you need to do, because there are always, there are always a lot of preparations during Christmas time, not just buying things for our friends and, and, and loved ones, but also planning uh, activities. The kids have activities, parties, whatever the case might be. And so I would say, if you want to get the most out of this Christmas, then forget for a while what you have to buy, what you have to do. Uh, just spend some time, spend some time this Christmas actually focusing on the people on the people that are, are part of your family that are close to you. Focus on them. And not just, and I don't mean just focus on them by thinking what you're going to buy them. But focus on them by reminding yourself 
why they're special to you. And I, I want to talk to you today about how you can give your family and friends, how you can give your loved ones the best Christmas gifts. The best Christmas gifts. Everybody says, we've got the best gift for you. And, you know, I saw somebody on social media, and you may have seen this meme that said, you know, from, from a female, if, if you really love me, don't buy me one of these box, you know, gifts with soaps and perfumes and stuff. And uh, we guys could do the same thing. You know, when I read that, I had to return something at the store. No, not really. Not really. But uh, we, we uh, as, as guys who say the same thing, you know, there's little, uh, little gifts that the retailers say, this is perfect for the man in your life. Well, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But uh, I want to talk to you about not those gifts, but how you can give your family and friends the best Christmas gifts ever. And we're going to look at a passage of Scripture that offers some help on how to do that. And so we're going to read today from 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. Uh, it's, uh, we're going to read a portion of a letter that was written by Paul to the church in Thessalonica. Now these uh, people, these Thessalonians, were a group of Christians, a group of believers that Paul really loved very much. He cared for them very much. And so in this letter, as you read this part, you're going to see how He's just pouring out his heart to them. He's pouring out his heart to them. And the same way that we're going to read that he shares his heart with that group of Christians in Thessalonica is, I believe, the same way that we need to learn to share our hearts or share our hearts just with the people in our lives, the people that we love, our friends and our family, our loved ones. And so we're going to read these verses that show us uh, give us an idea of a Christmas list of Christmas li- uh, Christmas gifts that we can give to our family and friends. So let's read this first Thessalonians chapter three, beginning with verse nine. Follow along in your Bibles as I read this out loud. Paul writes says, how can we thank God enough for you in return for all the joy we have in the presence of our God because of you? Night and day we pray most earnestly that we may see you again and supply what is lacking in your faith. Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus clear the way for us to come to you. Verse 12. May the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else, just as ours does for you. May he strengthen your hearts so that you will be blameless and holy in the presence of our God and Father, when our Lord Jesus comes with all his holy ones. Now, as we read this passage and consider how it applies to us and to this topic we're talking about, to our family and friends, to our loved ones, I want you to consider today, and, and maybe this is not hard because we just finished celebrating our national holiday of Thanksgiving in our country, but consider how blessed you are to have family and friends, to have loved ones, to have a, a wife or a husband, to have a spouse, to have your children, uh, it, those of you that still have your parents, to have your parents here on earth with you, to have siblings. I know, if you, you know, growing up, there was always a sibling rivalry, uh, but as you, you get older, and, and I love seeing this of my children, and not just among their, their siblings, but their uh, cousins, to see them now as adults, how they love each other. And uh, I see my cousins, 
and uh, they're my age, and we're all getting older, and I just want to go and, and hug them and give them a kiss, and I do. You know? And when we were growing up, there was a little bit of cousin rivalry, but now, you know what? I just love my cousins, and I love, of course, I love my, my siblings. And so consider how blessed we are. You have friends. Some of you have really close friends. And so this year, decide that you're going to give them the best Christmas gifts Ever. You're going to give them the best Christmas gifts ever. So here's gift number one that you can give your loved ones. Gift number one is this. Tell your family and friends how much they mean to you. Tell them how much they mean to you. This is, I think, the first step to to connect on a deeper level with the people in your life, with your loved ones. And one of the ways we do that is to just tell them how much they mean to you. Thank God for bringing them into your life. Thank God for including them in, in your life and including you in their lives and tell them directly how much they mean to you. This is what Paul did. If you read verse 9, he wrote this. How can we thank God enough for you in return for all the joy we have in the presence of our God because of you? So Paul was grateful for his relationship with the believers in Thessalonica. And so he expressed his gratitude to God for that. And he also expressed his appreciation to them directly. He took the time to tell them, thank you. And, you know, as he's telling them, I'm thanking God for you. In essence, he's telling them thank you as well. So he he was saying thank you. He's saying I appreciate you. And I love this phrase. He was telling them, you fill my life with joy. You fill my life with joy. Can you, can you imagine what it means to people, your family and friends, your loved ones, when you tell them, you know what? You fill my life with joy. That seems like such a simple thing to do, but I would dare to say that most of us don't say that enough. And as a, as a grandparent, I have no problem. It's so easy for me to say that to my grandkids. And uh, maybe I don't say it enough to others, not because I don't I don't believe that, not because I don't love them. But, uh, you know, sometimes we just don't think about that. Sometimes we just don't think, you know, that uh, that it'll mean something to the other adults in, in our family, not just the children, but to the other adults in our family. If we tell them, you know what, you fill my life with joy. I appreciate you. You mean a lot to me. And. Um, I just think that a lot of times people don't really know this and and maybe maybe they know it intellectually, but they don't know it emotionally enough unless they hear it from us. Now they, they know yeah, he's my husband. I know he loves me or, you know, we're siblings. I know we love each other and whomever. But sometimes we need to just remind people and. And uh, allow them to hear it from our lips. I appreciate you. You mean a lot to me. How can I thank God? Like Paul said, I I don't know how to thank God for you, for the joy that I have. He says, for all the joy we have in the presence of of our God because of you. You fill my life with joy. And I think if you want to establish a deeper connection with the people you love this year, then tell them how much they mean to you and tell them how much they fill your life with joy. You know, the thing is, when we're around family, they're used to hearing us complain, right? My wife is used to hearing me complain about a lot of different things. And uh, I've made a, an, an extra effort this year. I don't know if she's noticed or not. 
to sit down with her and to watch some of these, some of these Hallmark Christmas movies. And so I say, hey, you want to watch a movie? And uh, last night I said, you, you want to watch a movie? She says, yeah, probably. So we found a, a movie. And uh, it's all I can do not to criticize everything. You know what I mean? Not to complain about all the plot holes, uh, just different things. You know, it, it still slips out. And so our, our, uh, our spouses are used to hearing us complain. And our family members or kids, they're used to hearing us complain. How about if we turn it around and we just tell them, hey, you know what? You mean the world to me. Now, don't, you don't even have to add any like, qualifier like, you mean the world to me. Even though you make some really dumb decisions. No, don't say that. They know they make dumb decisions already. You don't have to remind them. Just tell them, you know what? You fill my life with joy. Say that to somebody other than your grandchildren. You know? So I just think if you're an adult, chances are that it's been a long time since you've told your brothers or sisters or your, your parents how much you love them and appreciate them. And if you've been married for a while, like more than a decade, Chances are it's been a while since you've, you've mentioned this to your spouse. So tell them now. I think this Christmas is a great time to make up for lost time. And again, you don't have to be melodramatic about it. You just tell them. Just tell them. Don't, don't expect this moment of like, you know, touched by an angel where light shines behind you and the music. You know, just tell them in simple language. In fact, you can use Paul, Paul's words. Use his words. How can I ever thank God enough for all the joy you have brought into my life. So practice doing that. And now that's gift number one. Gift number two is, is this. Do whatever you can. To build people up. Do whatever you can. To build people up. And we're talking specifically about the people we love. Right? We're talking about our family and, and close friends. But this works for even people that aren't really close to you. But you work with them. Or they might be neighbors. This works with them. Build them up. Build them up. And so we learned this from verse 10. Paul writes this, night and day, we pray most earnestly. I'll get back to that phrase, pray most earnestly later. But night and day, we pray most earnestly that we may see you again and supply what is lacking in your faith. Supply what is lacking in your faith. So Paul, again, he's pouring out his heart here. He's telling them some really personal, some, some deep things. And he, he, he's telling them that he wanted to meet them. He wanted to meet his friends in Thessalonica, and he wanted to build up their faith. He wanted to supply, to provide what was lacking in their faith. So he wanted to build up their faith because he knew that at that particular time, that's what they needed. They were going through something that, in which their faith needed to be, to be built up. So that's what they needed at that time, and he wanted to build up their faith. Now, as you think of all the people you love, the people close to you, I want you to take some time to think about something as you consider what to give them this Christmas. Think about something you can give to each of them, something they really need at this time. I'm not talking about, you know, what, ele what electronics do they need? What don't they have? They may already have a lot of electronics. Or maybe I need to upgrade their Xbox. And I'm not talking about that. I'm not even talking about maybe they need a new pot holder this year. Maybe they need new uh, towels for the guest bathroom. I mean, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about something more personal, something that's non-material, something that's not tangible. But it's something that they need, something that's lacking, something you can give them to build them up, to build them up. 
There's something you can do. Maybe it's a word of encouragement. You want to fill them with courage, which is what the word encourage literally means. To fill them with courage. Sometimes we think, well, they're adults. Let them figure it out. And, and yeah, there's certain things we want our kids as they get to be adults. We want them to figure it out. We don't want to be hovering over them. Right? We don't want to be certainly... Even when they're younger, you've heard the, you know, the term helicopter parents that just hover over their, their kids. And, and now that's, that's kind of an old term. Now we have lawnmower parents that we want to blow everything out of the way, clear the way for their kids so they can have a smooth, you know. And we don't want to be that way. We, you know, we realize there are certain things they, wanna, they need to figure out on their own. But also, but also, we realize that as they're figuring things out, sometimes they need courage. Sometimes they need encouragement. Sometimes they need a smile, a hug, even even a pep talk. Sometimes they need an apology. Sometimes they need a compliment. So ask yourself, what is this person, this family member, this person that I love, this friend that's close to me? What do they need the most right now? What can I say to them? What can I do for them? How can I give them a lift, encourage them, lift up their faith? There's a story that I've heard several times over the years, and I've heard it in different settings. Sometimes it's a story that takes place in Africa. Sometimes it takes place in India. Sometimes the story takes place here in the U.S. But it's basically the same story, and I think it's a great story because it tells a great truth. And, and uh, the, the story, the way that I first read about this was about a, a school teacher who was a missionary in Africa, and she had been talking to her students about Christmas and how uh, we celebrate Christmas. We give gifts uh, to one another at Christmas time. And so one of her students, a uh, little boy, began to think about this. And uh, a young man began to think about this. And so a few days later, he showed up to school with a gift for his teacher. And it was a beautiful gift. It was a beautiful seashell. Beautiful seashell. And so she saw it and she admired it. She said, this is beautiful. Where did you get it? She asked him, where did you get it? And he said, well, I walked to the beach and I, I picked it out just for you. And so this teacher realized that the school was several miles from the ocean. So she knew it had been a, a long walk for this boy, for this young man. And, and she said to him, you... You shouldn't have done that. You shouldn't have gone such a long way. You shouldn't have traveled so far just to get a gift for me. And, and the student said to her, the long walk was part of the gift. The long walk is part of the gift. And so sometimes the long walk is part of the gift. We want to we want to give things away to people we love that give them things that that are easy. Nowadays, it's so easy to give somebody a gift, buy them a gift card. Nothing wrong with that. I mean, I'm not trying to, you know, to talk down to you or say, you know, don't go for gift cards. I, I like gift cards. But sometimes we look for the easy way. Sometimes you can even buy somebody a gift card online with a few clicks. You buy it, you send it to them, and, and it's easy. And I, I like that convenience. But, but, you know, I think this year, in addition to the gifts that you buy for people that you love, why don't you make an effort to give them something intangible? Something that, you know, that costs you something. There's some effort. And what costs you might just be that effort of saying to somebody, you know what? You, uh, you're such a, a beautiful person and uh, I've hurt you and I'm sorry. Maybe it's an apology or just a compliment. Something to lift them up. Something that tells them how special 
they are to you. So gift number one is, is tell your family and friends how much they mean to you, how much joy they bring to your life. Gift number two, do whatever you can to build people up. And gift number three, pray for the special people in your life. Pray for your loved ones. Pray for them. Now, the Greek word for prayer in verse 10, and I told you we we're going to go back to verse 10. Verse 10, Paul writes, Night and day we pray most earnestly that, you may, that we may see you again and supply what is lacking in your faith. When he says that pray most earnestly, that phrase means to plead. This is why in NIV, which is what I'm reading from today, the translators chose that phrase, pray most earnestly. They didn't just say pray, but pray most earnestly. Because that word means to plead. To plead, to pray earnestly. So what I'm saying to you is pray for the special people in your life. Pray for your loved ones. Not just in a passing way, offer a passing Prayer. We all have thought prayers, right? This is a legitimate way to pray, to have thought prayers. So I'm saying go ahead and do that, but do more than that. Certainly do more than a, a Facebook prayer. And, and I, I see this and I, you know, I appreciate this. That people on Facebook sometimes say, you know, this is happening in my life. And others will say, hey, I'm praying for you. And I think that's great. Some people will say, hey, prayers sent your way. I'm thinking, don't send them their way. Send them to God. They need to go to God, right? Don't send them to them. You know, they can't answer the prayer. You know, and, and I appreciate all that. But sometimes that's as far as it goes. So not just a thought prayer, not just a passing prayer, not just a Facebook prayer, but learn to actually plead for them to God. Learn to intercede, actually intercede, not just not just, uh, you know, one thought prayer, but maybe for the next few days, if you know they, they need something or even if, if things are going well, but you just want to plead for them, you want to pray earnestly for them, you want to intercede for them, which means you stand in the gap for them. That's what intercede means. You stand in the gap between between God and them and, and you plead to God for them. That's a, the literal word uh, meaning of the word intercession. Right. So we, we sing this song to missionaries and I love singing to singing it to them that we'll be standing in the gap for them. And, and I hope that we do that. But you can also stand in the gap for your loved ones. You can intercede for them. And so this is. What Paul said in, in verse 10 when he said night and day. See, it wasn't just a one time thing. Night and day we plead. Night and day we pray most earnestly. And then in verse 12, verses 12 and 13, he tells us what he's actually praying a little more specifically. And he says, may the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else, just as ours does for you. May he strengthen your hearts. So that you will be blameless and holy in the presence of our God and Father when our Lord Jesus comes with all his holy ones. So what a great prayer to say for your children. What a great prayer to say for your spouse, to say for your loved ones, to say for your grandchildren, to say for your friends that you love. Paul is saying here, what I want for you, dear friends, dear Thessalonians, what I want from you is that you would grow in love in strength, and in holiness. How many of you know that your loved ones could use that from God? Love, strength, and holiness. I, I, you know, we, we can't say enough about love. 
I mean, there's so much about love in the scriptures and so many sermons have been preached about it and books have been written. And we, we will never we're not even close to exhausting what we can say about God's love. And we certainly want our loved ones to grow in love. And I want my my kids, my children, my grandchildren, my loved ones to grow, not just in love, but to grow in strength because they face so many difficulties in life. We all do. And so I want them to grow in strength and I definitely want them to grow in holiness I want them to remember what they learned as children here at this church and what we taught them. And, and now, you know, our boys are away, our girls are here, but, you know, they're, they're, they've got their families. And I, I want them to remember what they learned about holiness and not just to think about that, not just to grow in that or, or to uh, reflect on that, but to grow in holiness, to grow in strength, to grow in love. So think of the people on your list. What do you want for them? Obviously, you want the best for them, right? First of all, we want the best for our, for our kids, for our loved ones. And just by telling them this, it will strengthen their hearts. It will encourage them. Just by telling them, you know what? I, I want the best for you. I want to, uh, and I pray the best for you. And, and that includes praying that you grow in love, strength, and holiness. I want the best for you in this life. I read a story about a young man who was uh, trying out for a part in the theater production. And uh, this caught my attention when I read the story because, as you know, uh, Josiah, one of our sons, is, works in that field, has a degree in that field, and he works in that field. And so this young man uh, was going to try out for a part in the theater production. And his mother, his mom knew how hard the competition, how uh, intense the competition was going to be for this particular part that he was trying out for. And quite frankly, she knew that her son didn't have a great chance, you know, to to get the part. So every time that he talked about the audition, she, as parents tend to do sometimes, she tried to temper his optimism. She, you know, she she thought, well, you know how it is. You try to temper sometimes, try to temper your children's optimism with a little motherly realism or, or some fatherly realism. And so she would say, well, you know, honey, you know, it's, it's, it's uh, a lot of people tried out for that. And there's a lot of, lot of people that I know uh, have studied and have, have played roles in professional productions. And, or she would say to him, hey, you know what? Even if you don't get the part, it, whatever part you get, just being in the play is going to be good enough. And on and on. Every time he talked about it, she'd bring up try to balance out his optimism with some realism. And uh, finally, when she started up again, well, you know, honey, you know, don't, you know, don't be too disappointed if you don't make it. Finally, he said to her, Mom, can't you just say, honey, I hope you get the part. I, I hope you get the part. And it just got her to thinking, yeah, I can't say that. And so sometimes if we just tell our loved ones, that we want the best for them and we wish the best for them. And beyond that, we're praying specifically for the best for them. I'm praying God's best in your life. I'm praying that you grow in love, strength and holiness. Because there are a few things in life as pleasant as hearing somebody say, I want the best for you and I'm praying for that. So this holiday season, I encourage you to make, make it a point to tell everyone uh, who is special in your life, what your prayer is for them. What your prayer. How are you praying for them? How are you interceding? How are you praying night and day more and more earnestly? 
Tell them, you know what, here's what I'm praying for you because I want God's best. Here's how I'm praying for you because I, I, I know that God has something special for your life. And make sure you say it in an uplifting way, you know, just in the most uplifting way possible. For example, don't say, my prayer for you is that you stop being a lazy bum. Don't say it that way. There's a much better way to phrase it. You know, my prayer for you is that you discover God's plan for your life. You know, find a way to to say it in a positive manner. Because the greatest gift you can give anyone is to pray for them. Pray for them. Intercede. Plead. Pray more and more uh, earnestly. Uh, That's the greatest gift. For a number of reasons. Uh, One obvious reason is that prayer works. One obvious reason is that God answers prayer. Right? So when you pray for someone, then expect that God is going to begin to move in that person's life. Especially when you're praying biblical prayers. If you take what Paul taught us here, that he was praying, and you pray that prayer, you ask, ask that your loved ones would grow in love, strength, and holiness, that's right out of the Bible. God will answer that prayer. But another reason is that people find strength in knowing that you are praying for them. And if you'll take the time to pray for the people in your life, I believe two things will happen. I believe you'll strengthen that person. You'll strengthen them. And you'll also strengthen your relationship with them. You'll strengthen that person and you'll strengthen your relationship to that person. So if you want to have a great Christmas this year, if you want to go beyond all the hype and you want to experience the joy of a simple Christmas but a powerful Christmas, and you want to give the best gifts ever, then make an effort to connect with the people you love on a deeper level. Connect with the people you love on a deeper level. Take the opportunity to tell them what they mean to you and how much joy they bring to your life. And give uh, thanks to God for them. In addition to whatever you might buy them, whatever tangible gift you might by them, give them something uh, intangible that will supply what is needed right now in their life. Whatever encouragement, whatever, whatever is needed in their life. And most of all, create a prayer list just for them, just for them. And share it with, with them as you pray this to God, as you ask God these things for them. One of the greatest gifts that God has given us is each other. Each other, our family and friends, our loved ones. Let's enjoy these gifts. Let's celebrate Christmas in this way together. I'm going to invite you to bow for prayer. Heavenly Father, we're so grateful today that we can enjoy this beautiful time of year. And uh, there's so many things that make this a beautiful time. Certainly, family, getting together with family. As we gather in our homes to celebrate Christmas. Being able to share your blessings with other people. Being able to worship you through beautiful Christmas music. So many things that are beautiful about this time of year. But there are also many distractions, Father. Many distractions. And I pray that today that you would help us to understand how we can go beyond the the hype, the the commercialization of of Christmas. And we can give our family and friends, we can give them 
some powerful gifts, the best Christmas gifts ever, Father. I thank you, Lord, that you've given us family and friends. We don't have to live alone, isolated. We know that there are some people that do feel alone. They do feel lonely. And I pray that if that person is, listen, person is listening right now, they would know how much you love them and how they don't have to be lonely. The reason you sent your son to earth is that we wouldn't have to live lonely lives. And so there's someone here today, Father, who's feeling lonely, who's feeling forgotten. I pray that as they turn to you and as they call on you, that you would come and fill their lives with hope and with joy and would fill their lives with friends and family, that they can love each other and strengthen each other. Thank you for this blessing that we have of your son and of being placed in a family. Your word says in the Psalms that you place the lonely in families. You've done that for us, and I pray that you would do it again for those that are feeling lonely today. Help us to love them and to love the special people in our lives. We turn to you now for that, God, in Jesus' name.